Father, we come before you this morning and may those words that we have just heard sung over us, may that represent the truth in our life. May it be that our anthem song would be, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Father, show us how to walk consistently with that proclamation. Father, I pray that as we turn now to look to your word, look to this living word, which is such a gift to us, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would open our hearts up to hear your words, God, through, through this scripture. Remove distractions and speak to our heart. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, we have had the pleasure the last number of weeks talking about the church and considering who we are as the church and thinking about these images that are used in the New Testament, these images of the church. We've talked about how we as the church are the ones being saved. We are the flock of sheep. We are priests. We are the bride. We are saints. And, and hopefully, my, my prayer is that, that as we review these beautiful pictures of the church, that, that they would remind us to put more and more faith in Jesus, not in ourselves, but in Jesus, that we lean on him, that we follow hard after him, that we rest in him, that we share him with others, and that we proclaim him to others. These are beautiful pictures of the church. Today, we get to explore the image of the church as the people of the way. So throughout the book of Acts, uh, there are a number of places where Jesus' followers are referred to as people of the way. In Acts 9, verse 2, Saul, soon to be Paul, is seeking to capture these followers of the way. And then in Acts 24, Paul mentions to Felix how he had once persecuted the followers of this way, and now he is a part of the people of this way. So while we don't know the, the specific origin of this title uh, for Jesus' followers, the people of the way, we, we can certainly make a connection between this title and a particular conversation that Jesus has with his disciples that can be found in John verse, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. So I want to invite you to turn there now, John 14, 1 through 6, and we'll listen together to what is written. If uh, I was encouraging the third graders during first service, and I want to encourage all children, so you can, you can decide whether you're a child or childlike, um, but this is a great, great time for you to practice using your Bible. Hopefully you have one with you or one near you. Um, I want you, children specifically, to be turning to each of the passages that I uh, mentioned today, that you would find that passage. So I want you to be working on finding John 14, verses 1 through 6 right now. We'll read this passage. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, Do not, thank you, I don't want to run into those things. <laughs> Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Thomas responds to Jesus and he says, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to be focusing uh, in on that particular verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 6, as we look at God's word this morning. And so I want to read that again and begin to um, uh, push it a little deeper into your head and your heart. And it's up on the screens. It's 14, verse 6. And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this time we're all going to say it together, all right? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, now for the fun of it, we're going to say it with our eyes closed, okay? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way, and his followers will become known as followers of the way. So the big question that I want to press this morning is, do you know the way? Every statement that I make and every question that I ask in in this message is, is to be pressing us toward reflection on that question. Do you know the way? So... First of all, who of you have been lost and needed to find your way? No, so not just spiritually speaking, but who's been lost and needed to find their way? So a few of you. There, there, are, uh, there are some of you engineers in here that you've never been lost and you couldn't be lost if you wanted to be because <laughs> everything in your head, you just always know where you are. And that's not how God made me. I have been lost so many times in so many embarrassing, frustrating ways. Um, the, the first time I remember being lost was when I was nine years old, and I was with my family and some friends in Lake Erie, which was a, um, a few mi- hours north of us. So this is, this is actually a picture of me around six, but it's the closest I could find. So, um, so I'm around nine years old. We're at Lake Erie with some family. And uh, at, at some point in that afternoon, um, a, a bunch of the kids and um, maybe some adults, I, you know, as kids, you just remember what the kids were doing. You don't remember what the adults were doing. But some of us kids went to uh, the restroom, which was, you know, down this path and, you know, away to this, this site where there was a restroom. And um, as we were leaving the restroom and um, finding our way back to our beach site, uh, the boys decided that, well, we wanted to race, right? Because boys, everything is a race and you love to run. Um, so we start running back to the campsite and, and I am running all out and, and I look behind me and I'm actually ahead. I'm beating everybody, so I keep on running, and then I look back again, and I don't see any of them. I'm so far ahead. And then I turn back, and I realize I don't know where I am, and, and I'm lost. So as a nine-year-old, I spent hours, plural, walking around trying to find my way back to this beach site. 
I remember as a nine-year-old just being scared and afraid, wondering if I'd ever see my parents again, desperate to find the way. I can only imagine now as a parent of a nine-year-old the urgency that my parents were feeling as they were trying to um, help me find a way, trying to praying that I would be found, and um, the urgency and the desperation that they would have felt. Well, by God's grace, I, I was found eventually. What I want to do is I want to press us towards this kind of urgency as we consider the way offered in Scripture. How desperate are you on a daily basis for this way that's offered to us in Scripture? You know, I think about the word desperate. Uh, It implies that you feel like you can't live without it. You're fixated on this desire for this particular thing over and above anything else. How desperate are you for the way that is offered to us in Scripture? John 14, verses 1 through 6, says something very important to us about the way. And we know it from that verse in verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So another question I would ask you is, do you need this way? Like like a nine-year-old needs to be found when he's looking for the way. Do you need this way? And be honest as you, you reflect on what's going on in your heart, in your life. Jesus is telling his disciples that he is going to prepare a place for them. That place is with God the Father. To have a place with God the Father is to have peace with God the Father. So that that peace that that Jesus is telling them, I am preparing this place for you, this peace with God the Father. Well, they would have well known that peace with God the Father was broken long, long ago when Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the garden. It is broken again every time each and every one of us rebel against God. Peace with God is broken. So when Jesus says he is preparing a place for them, he is promising peace for them with God, which is something that centuries and centuries of human effort has proved cannot be attained or cannot be earned or achieved. What humans cannot achieve is what Jesus says, I will make the way for that. I will make the way for peace between you and God. So follow me. Jesus is offering the way to peace with God. Do you need that? Most of us in this room, I think, have at some point uh, committed to that way of Jesus and, and committed to living our life in that way of Jesus. However, I believe that, that there are many who who honestly, they, they do that in kind of an intellectual ascent, that, that they believe this way and they, in a sense, put it on a shelf and say, I, I know where it is and I know how to get to it and it's there when I need it. And now to get about the rest of my life with the rest of the ways that I'm interested in following after. You know, I think of the way to get fit, the way to get ahead, the way to get more money, the way to get more Legos, 
the way to get more popular, to find a spouse, to get more attention, to get more affirmation, to get more rest. There are so many things, I mean, these kinds of ways, these are the things that many of us are reading about and thinking about and in many ways desperately pursuing. What would it look like for me to pursue Jesus, the way of Jesus, as as hotly, as desperately as I pursue some of those other things? As if Jesus was actually the way, the answer to my greatest need, as if I was a nine-year-old lost looking for the way. Am I more captivated by the way of Jesus or by the way of getting fit or getting popular or getting success? None of us can answer that question for one another, but, but we can press one another towards reflection on asking these questions. Are you captivated by the way of Jesus? Do you believe that you, that others, need the way of Jesus? When Jesus says that he is the way, and, and again, we, we understand he is the way, he is the way to salvation, he is the way to peace with God. When Jesus says that he is the way, we come to understand that he um, makes the way and he also shows the way. So he makes the way. He does this by he lives a perfect life. He uh, dies a substitutionary death on the cross and, and then his resurrection. That is what makes the way. I love um, the uh, Brooke and Sarah up here and the other Wham Jr. as they were proclaiming this morning, death is defeated, the king is alive. They were proclaiming for us this way that Jesus makes for us. He not only makes the way, but he shows the way. As I read his revelation of himself to us through, through the Old Testament scripture and the New Testament scripture, I see and hear him showing me the way. As I get to know the person of Jesus through these living words, I am shown his way, his way of humility, his way of generosity, his way of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and faithfulness. I, I see his way through the revelation of Scripture. The life of Jesus shows us his way. So Jesus is the way, that is, he makes the way and he shows the way. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this message, um, followers of Jesus uh, became known as people of the way. So we have this, this picture, this image of the church as people of the way. And if we think about it, we realize people of the way, they, they know the way and they follow the way. They desperately follow the way. So how do we know the way? John 14 tells us, uh, it makes it clear that we know the way through Jesus. The only way to peace with God is through relationship with Jesus. So we get to know the way. We get to know Jesus through his word, um, uh, through the third graders, you know, the beauty of this, this picture of them receiving their Bibles, their, their living words. And as we see them receive this, we pray that this is the beginning of them seeking the Lord, seeking to get to know the Lord through his word. So we get to know him through his word and through his people. 
I invited Glenn Bolsas to come up this morning and share with us um, how he has experienced getting to know Jesus through his word and through his people. Good morning. Well, I'm fascinated about getting to know Jesus better by reading the Word. And one of the reasons why that helps me is I project some false things onto God. I project that His love for me is like a hot and cold water faucet. I project that He's aloof, that He doesn't really care. And every time I read the Word, it anchors me in the truth of who He is. Two weeks ago, Margo and I went up to a prayer retreat in the Chicago area, and there was a piece of religious art that was from the 800s that showed Jesus with his arm around somebody, and it's called Jesus the Friend. But what's interesting and notable about that picture, that drawing, is that Jesus has no feet. And the reason it has no feet is the artist is trying to portray that we are the feet of Jesus. And so this is how I see Jesus through people. The way he works and shines through people. It's the love and care of my friend Cody from New York City, who this Tuesday texted me such an encouraging thing. And that day, I just happened to be particularly discouraged. And Cody obeyed the prompting of God to randomly send me a text that just lifted my spirits. So I saw Jesus through that. Um, I felt shepherded by my friend Chris, who spent hours with us this week uh, visiting, and he helped untangle a few skewed thoughts of my own and shepherded and cared for me just like Jesus would. Yesterday I got a text from uh, friends of ours, Mark, and he was at his 20th anniversary of a school that Margot and I administered at. And he had a group of people and they sent a photo and they said, we just wanna say thank you for the way you invested in our lives two decades ago. And Mark has been a faithful friend and reminds me of the faithfulness of Jesus. And we see Jesus in friends like Daylene who encourages and prays for us so faithfully. Two weeks ago, we were at a pancake house in Geneva, Illinois, where we got to be with four decades old friends, uh, Bill and Nancy. And they told us about visiting Covenant and the memorial service for our daughter and how they saw a difference in the love of this congregation towards people in need. So with people, I'm often reminded, I think of this image, that they are the stained glass by which I see Jesus display himself. So there's a phrase I find intriguing when Jacob encountered Esau after a long separation. And he says in Genesis 33, when I saw your face, it was the face of God smiling on me. Amen, thanks Glenn. I love hearing those ways in which uh, God has worked in Glenn's life to help Glenn get to know Jesus better through his word and through his people. I think of the ways that um, we, particularly this morning as we hand out these Bibles to third graders, I think of the ways that we as parents can help our children get to know Jesus through his word. 
That is such a high part of our calling as parents to, um, to help not just when they're nine years old, but when they're um, all of the days and months and, and years leading up to nine and after nine, that we are telling them the stories of his word. And, and a lot of time it's telling their stories over and over and over again. And eventually they come into an understanding of those stories. But, but as parents, we're telling them those stories over and over again before they can understand them. There's a, a table in the back with some of my wife and, and my favorite resources that help us, that have helped us tell our children these stories and point our children to the word of God so that, so that they can be better equipped to uh, remember and understand the word of God. Adults, there are so many ways that we should be getting to know the Lord through his word, not just reading his word for information, but, but reading his word in a devotional way that actually helps us get to know and get to love our Savior more intimately. It is our job, as it's our job to, to put ourselves in these places to get to know God through his word and through his people. You know, I think of through his people, I, I love, um, the, again, the responsibility and parents, but then for all of us, um, parents to be putting our children in places like a church community like this, where they get to know God also as, as they see him through their Sunday school teacher and through this, this adult who always says hi to them with a warm smile, through this adult who is helping them lead worship. Oh my goodness, five and six-year-olds leading, leading us in worship this morning and 11 and 12-year-olds and, and 40s and 50s and 60s. I mean, we, we can see God, we can learn more about God through his people. So it's our job as followers of Jesus to put ourselves in those places where we can learn more about God through his word and through his people. And it's the Holy Spirit's job then to take our willing heart and to fill us up with the knowledge and the grace of Jesus Christ. As people of the way, we know the way through his word and through his people. And then we follow the way. We follow the way when we are living according to the way and when we are proclaiming the glory of the way. So we live according to the way. And, and this is a time, the children, that I uh, invited you to be looking up scripture this morning. Uh, children, here's another scripture for you to look up. Um, Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. I want you to pull out your Bible and look there. Um, adults, it's a good practice for you too, or you can lean on the screens. So this passage in Matthew 22, verses 37 and uh, 38, where Jesus tells uh, those in the crowd, he says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The next passage that we can look at that is beginning to tell us how we live according to the way. This is very broadly speaking. Um, first and foremost, we, we love God with everything. That's how we live according to the way. We love him first and foremost. John 14, 15 is the next passage that I, I want to draw our attention to. And it says, uh, Jesus, again, speaking to his followers, he says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. So to live according to the way of God is to love him with all our heart. And to love God is to obey God. 
And when we offer up this, this obedience of love, this love obedience, then the Holy Spirit comes in and, and he grows in us the fruit of the Spirit that we look at in Galatians 5, the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And I keep missing the ninth one in there. And I, um, but he grows these things in us. So when I think about when I am living according to the way, I am treating others with love and kindness. So children, I think one of the ways that that plays out for you, treating others with love and kindness, living according to the way, one of the ways that plays out for you is through sharing, right? So for some of you, sharing might be something that your parents talk to you about a lot. Are you sharing those toys that you particularly like? Are you sharing that seat that is the preferred seat or that very treasured snack that you're receiving? Um, children, that's, that's a way that you can share Jesus' love and kindness with others. Teens, one of the ways that you can live according to this way and share this love and kindness of Jesus is is by including others who are different than you, showing those who are different some love and kindness. As you walk through the, your, your halls during the week, you have so many people that you interact with that are very different from you, that have different kinds of hurts, that have different um, rough things going on, the different kind of skills and interests, and, and you're interacting with so many of them, and you have so many opportunities to show them the love and the kindness of Jesus. So for adults, what does it look like for us? And I think it plays out actually in the same way. I think sharing, adults, what we need to share is our time, precious, precious time. As we share our time with others, we are showing them the love and the kindness of Jesus. As we share encouraging words with others, we are sharing with them the love and the kindness of Jesus. As we include others who are different from us, as we look to them and treat them with love and kindness, we are living according to the way. So that's showing love and kindness to those who, who also feel differently about, about faith or about politics or about different social justice issues. We can show them all kindness because that's the way of Jesus. So to follow the way to, is to live according to the way, and then lastly, to proclaim the glory of the way. Matthew 22, verse 39, it, it just, just the next verse after one of the other verses we are looking at, um, Jesus says the greatest commandment, and then he says the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So we're called to proclaim the love of Jesus to people through our actions and through our words, to love our neighbor as ourself. So first, actions. Um, we, we show them love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. We, we show them the love of Jesus in, in that we look at them with these spiritual eyes that see who they are. We, we actually see their need for Jesus, their need for Jesus that is similar to a nine-year-old's need to find the way. We see them for what their need really is. Instead of seeing them for the ways that they are or are not um, similar to us. 
We, we see them for who they are at the deepest level, not simply as individuals who do or don't agree with you or, or who do or don't run in the same socioeconomic circles or who, who do or do not share the same ethnicity, but we, we show our fellow human beings the love of God with your actions. And you do it with some urgency because you realize they need the way of Jesus. They need to be shown and experience the way of Jesus. We also proclaim the glory of the way with our words. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 gives us some good instruction in this regard. Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6, where we read, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. So we're called to be full of grace. That's this love and compassion that people feel as they interact with us. And, and we use words of grace, right? I mean, there are so many examples of, of harsh um, uh, um, harsh words that, that Christians can say to one another, that we read about all over social media, that, that we get drawn into when we're having a discussion. Forget it. There's no discussions anymore. When we have an argument about anything, we're, we're too often not known for words of grace. But this, this passage is calling us to words of grace that are seasoned with salt so salt has this preservative effect, I think in a similar way that, that truth has a preserving effect. So we're called to use words of grace and words of truth. This is how people of the way live according to the way and proclaim the glory of the way. Christians in the first century were known as as they were identified by their, their being people of the way. They were seen for this sacrificial way in which they devoted their lives to following this Jesus person and his way of life that he demonstrated. The, the devotion by which they were known was both compelling and, and it was offensive as well in that it by very nature called into question any other devotion to some other thing or some other person. They were known, these, these followers of Jesus, they were known by their devotion to the way, to Jesus and his way. So what are you known for? When you think about your, your family members or your close friends or your coworkers, are you known for your devotion to Jesus, for being a person of the way? Or are you known for, you know, you have all these other interests in, in, in a sport or in reading this or watching that or, or going, you know, being a part of this movement or that movement. Um, are you known for your devotion to Jesus? Or teenagers, I think, you know, in, in school, are you known for being the smart one, the funny one, the cool one, the stylish one, the successful one? What are you known for? Are you known for your devotion to Jesus? As, as we close and, and before the worship team comes up in just a moment, I, I want to have just 
um, a, a few minutes where I lead us in prayer and kind of just a conversation and asking some questions. And I, I want to just um, walk through and lead you through this conversation with the Lord as we reflect on some of these questions and ask the Lord what, what he wants to speak to us as, as we're honest with him. So go to the Lord in prayer with me. Father, we come before you, and, and Father, we, we lay our hearts before you, and, and I pray that each of us could be honest with you in this moment. Um, as I examine myself, as each of us examine ourselves, and Father, we ask, do, do I know the way? Father, do I, do I truly have a personal relationship with you, Jesus? Do I know you and your way, the way that you have made, the way that you have shown do I really know you, Jesus? Do I believe that you, do I believe that I and that others need this way of Jesus? Father, I pray that you would show me the truth of my heart, the truth of, in each of our hearts. To what extent do we honestly believe we need your way? Or is our honest thought that, you know, I'm, I'm good enough, I, I can actually earn my way to you. I haven't done that much bad. I, I can get there. Father, show us our desperate need for you. Show us the desperate need for you of those that we interact with. And Father, then we ask, are, are we getting to know you through your word? Father, you know for each of us to what extent each of us is spending time in your word. Each of us is, is pursuing you in your word. Show me the ways that you want to deepen that in my life. Show me the ways that you want that to be a higher priority and how that can happen and what I need to give up. Father, draw me to you through your word. Holy Spirit, work through your word so that I might get to know you, Jesus, better through your word. Am I getting to know you, Jesus, through other followers of Jesus? I pray that you would show me those places where I can put myself in a place to, to experience you through others. I thank you, Father, for the many ways that that is happening um, through the life of this church family as I see people from so many different generations showing you to others. I thank you for the way that I have been drawn closer to you through others in this room. Father, show us how, how we are or are not living according to your way. Do I see the fruit of your spirit in my life? Show me how to walk with you. Am I proclaiming the glory of your way? Father, create a, a new, a renewed awe in us at at the glory of who you are and the way you make, draws to you in such a way that we can't help proclaiming that glory to others. You are the way, Jesus. And we want to follow you. We want to be people of the way. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.